0: Ruchim Aboyim b'Shem Hashem Berachnuchem Veis Hashem. Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. The Nishmas Rava Chosid Shalom Ben Ravi Yeshua. Ah, froze already. Okay. And the Nishmas Avir Yemelech Rava Shalom. Yabadal Khayyim Tev and the Shalim. Yamin Yayat Sri Chayme will have to forgive me. But as a parsha we talk about life. Life, the essence, the real essence name of the parsha. Life. Finished? Be'echi Yaakov. Yaakov lived. Yaakov lived in the land of Maitreim. Shvatrishonah. And we know, of course, famous question asked to the Al Rebbe, <coughs> how is it possible? Bechir Shabavis Yaakov, the one who had Mithasa shlema. <coughs> sorry, all his children were Tzadikim, and he found the best time of his life in Ervas Arec, in the lowest of lands and we know also from the word Shavas Rishana 17 years 17 itself is Gematria Tev not when it's the number of the bus that kills somebody but it's Gematria Tev so the question remains how is it possible that the 17 best years of Yaakov, his life, was in the land of Egypt? Yaakov, first of all, the mere fact that he had the 17 years spending with Yosef was a beautiful thing. But we know that the first thing he did before going down to Mitzrayim was he sent Yehuda to Goshen. He sent Yehuda Geishnah to establish yeshiva. Knowing that the children were all covered and the children were not going to be neglected. And the children were not lose an iota of the Yiddishkeit that he had put into them. This was the best thing that could have happened. And we see as he benches the children and he benches Ephraim and Manasha. And he tells Yosef about being, them being products of Egypt. They were born in Mitzrayim. Yaakov talks about these two grandchildren. They have the same status as his own sons, and I've said before, "Frayim and Asher saying Yematri Zuvin and Shimon." Val says. And therefore they would each father their own independent tribe. He doesn't just say though, Ephraim and Asher, like ruven and Shimon, he says, your sons Ephraim and Asher, that were born to you in Mitzrayim. Ha lodim This description not only excluded all future children that Yosef might have, it also explained what Yis, what Yaakov's adoration for these children, these grandchildren, more than anyone else. Why they merited this elite status. Ephraim and Menashe were literally born and raised in Mitzrayim. And they had all of Yaakov's lifestyles and values. And they were able, able to do so even in a land where all these things were foreign. these weren't just foreign Erva Sarat as we said the lowest land possible and yet and yet Yisif raised these two wonderful children how did this phone land here Not upstairs, call herself. This is what Yaakov is alluding to the greatness of these two, the fact that in spite of the environment in which they were raised. And before Yaakov even came down to Mitzrayim, Shem, call you back. before Yaakov even came down to Mitzrayim, so the early education of these children were all done by Yasif. In Mitzrayim, this was the beauty and the greatness of these children. therefore it was Davke from all the grandchildren that Yaakov said about Ephraim and Menashe they're considered mine because they embodied the true education that Yaakov wanted for his children and we see That ultimately, Yaakov's own children had their shortcomings, shall we say? Although they were all tzaddikim, but they had their issue with Yosef. They had issues with Yosef. And we'll soon discuss how the issues came about and what was all about it. But we see though we see though that Yosef, when his father passes and he's confronted by his brothers and the brothers are now concerned that he's going to uh, serve retribution, shall we say. I don't wants to say he's going to take revenge. That's uh, That's prohibited. But he would serve retribution. And he says to them, Am I then like God? What an odd expression. What a way to express is He like God. He's like God. Why should I... I'm going to listen to Father. I'll listen... Where does he bring in God into this dimension? The truth is, he says to them, When you took me, and you beat me, and you sold me, I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew, though, deep down, that nothing happens from God. Oh my gosh. The video is going to be a catastrophe today. (sighs) Nothing can happen from God that's bad. As a matter of fact, the recording going to be in parts today also I'm afraid because the battery is dying nothing happens bad so although at the time I was hurt and I was sold and I was alone and I was taken away from my father and my little brother at the time I didn't know what the plan was granted but the fact is that if you look in retrospect, look where I am. I am here to help you, to see to it that there's food, to see to it that you have what to live, where to live, etc. The Dumb Magid gives him, so what is he actually saying? He says, I'm not God. I can't. I can't punish you. I can't punish you and do something to you in response to what you've done to me and be sure and positive, like God, that the outcome would be good. The Dubna market gives a mushroom. A man that was not very bright, a fool, won the lottery. He won a lot, a lot of money. And he won his lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was going to build himself a house. So even the fool knows to buy a house to build a house. You have to buy a lot, and once you have the lot, you have to buy the material and all the other things that has to involved by building a house. He's a wealthy man now, so he's going to go all out. He's going to build a house like he wants to have. And he buys the most expensive material and marble and stone. And, lo and behold, he's standing there watching the contractors work. Obviously, as we all know, whether we're contracting or not, (coughs) you buy wood, it's not always the exact size that you need it. You have to cut down. You have stones that have to be trimmed, and this is what the contractor started to do. He started to scream, "What are you doing? This is expensive material! You're taking off things for yourself, huh? You're thieves!" well the contractor realized he's dealing with the, uh, not the sharpest tool in the shed not the smartest person and he said Rabid, build it yourself goodbye I'm out and this is what the explains unfortunately we have a lot of bad things happen to us in the world in our lives and we have tremendous complaints and tightness to or to ourselves, or to whoever it might be, however it might be. We need to know that we don't want the contractor picking up and leaving on us. We need to know that the contractor is a Barachu, and whatever he's doing, is doing here for the best. It was once a who came to the of Bills. The Rebbe gave him tremendous covet. The Beelzer gave him tremendous covet. He walked him to the door when he left. The Beelzer Nebuchadnezzar's son, who ultimately was his predecessor, my predecessor, sorry, his successor, <whistles> asked his father, why did you honor him so much? and he told him, you saw this pauper he looks like a standard pauper goes from door to door, town to town asking for handouts he's one of the greatest tell me the Chacham in our generation there isn't a thing in Teda in Nevi'im, in, in Ksuvim in Gimara, in Shas Paskim that he doesn't know by heart for that I had to give him a lot of covet. now you may ask me my son he's such a great Torah scholar why isn't he a rov in a big city and the answer is David doesn't want so you're going to ask at least that he'll be a Rav in a small city and the answer once again David doesn't want him to and you're going to ask at least that he'll be a shiva, a sheikh something something benefiting or befitting I was such a terrible scholar. And again, his father answered, if the does not want, it's not going to happen. Years later, Yisach Adolf became Rebbe, Belzer He repeated this story, and he added, My father, his his father, the Belzer previous Belzer Rebbe, used to support a lot of Yashvim. Tamid they just knew how to sit and learn nothing else. He used to support them. So I wondered why my father didn't undertake to help and support this yeshiv, Such a big Tamad Chacham. Why didn't he take and help him? And the answer is, once again, if the Elisha doesn't want, it's not going to happen. so again we see the words of Yosef how the Ebishtah applies everything there was a Yid his name was Rabbi Tachtel he told a story when he was in Eastern Europe he says I met an old Yid who I knew from years back years gone years beyond, beyond whatever you want to say Years gone by. And I saw him there. And he was sitting on a street corner collecting money. I said, excuse me, aren't you so-and-so? He says, yes. He says, but you were such a rich man. You were such a givir. What happened? He says, you're right. I was. You didn't put away money for when you get older? He says, I did. I said, what? Why, could I tell why you like this. And he says, I'll tell you the truth, I gave the money that I had saved up to my son-in-law who told me he had a tremendous business deal and the venture failed. I lost everything. Now I'm a poor man. I have no choice but to beg from people pennies, nickels, dimes. It's embarrassing. It takes a lot of effort for an old man like me. But this is what Hashem has decreed. I accept it with love. I know that's how Hashem wants to be, and if this is what Hashem wants, it's how it's going to be. The Shabbat Tachtel told the story over, so when I heard these words, I wondered: How does a simple Yid, who's a businessman, no big learner, no big Talmud Chacham, and yet he achieved? such a high level of Amunah how? how? where did it come from? if David doesn't want it won't be but since it was a life lesson life showed him that Hashem's plan will be and nothing can change Hashem's plans this is how when the Beelzelebers used to teach this they taught the truth to the Khsidim. they should know the truth even before life proves it to them throw in one more story of showing how the Abish is in control and how Yosef's words are so powerful a successful businessman once came to Rechaim Briske change change speeds from the bells accident to the Briske. we're doing well today and he said how clever he was with his money so I was a real, I did a smart move with my money this is what happened said so my factory is on a block with a bunch of buildings and one of the buildings a fire broke out and the fire was spreading quick. From building to building. And it was getting closer to my factory. Getting close to my factory, I didn't know what to do. But I said, "Hashem's going to help. And a man came over to me and said, Rabid, <coughs> one of the things, your factory is about to burn down. Chas Hashem. I'm willing to buy it from you for 50% of the price. I said, no. Nope. And it started getting closer to the fire. The fire got closer. And the guy says, you know what? I'll give you 25% now. I said, no. And then the wall started, the other side of the wall started to burn. The guy said, I'll give you 10%. And I said, no. Nope. Lo and behold, the fire went out. I stopped and I remained in my whole factory you see how smart I was with my money Chaim Rizka told him I don't think you acted smart you should have accepted all the offers even when it was 10% there was a fire you would have had something at least left mm-hmm. you should have agreed it was not smart at all. When it's bashed for someone to be wealthy, he'll be wealthy. And although he made a dumb move, he was spared from his stupidity. I guess I lied one more little story a very wealthy man once loaned money to a pauper and when the time came to pay it the pauper obviously did not have it he started to demand his money and he was so demanding the pauper couldn't take it anymore he moved out of town moved to another town the rich man found him and came after him and went from town to town every time the poor man moved he followed he came to the town of Bills where Rabbi of Bills was and he told him this problem how this guy doesn't stop doesn't let me live it's not my fault, I just don't have the money. about and Bills called this fellow in, the rich man. says, Why are you giving him such a hard time? You know he doesn't have the money. But he owes me the money. It's my money. Ivan hmm. Bills have told him, If you lose money with one venue, Akash Baruch sends it in another venue. The fellow said, Is that a promise? Is that a guarantee? The said, Yes. It's a guarantee from Akash Baruch. Akash Baruch does not remain a balchayiv. It goes one way, it'll come another way. The fellow said, Fine, I forgive the debt. And he forgave the debt. He had no reason to be bills and most time for him to go back home. On his way to the train station he saw them selling lottery tickets. So he bought a lottery ticket he indulged. And he won the exact amount of money that the poor person owed him. Not looking to tell stories of other Abed. Just giving you an idea of how one needs to Understand, have a munan a Baruch Hu, nothing Hakadosh Baruch does is chasson bad. Everything a Kodesh Baruch Hu does is for the best. And that's the conversation with Yosef, when he tells his brothers, "I am not, I do We have another thing in our parsha, a godly action. Teda tells us, of the galus like The one of our cats, Hayam, and the stalk and on the says Rashi. It's also we keep it's good, home. It's like, I'm a P'sach, and that's the Shut up. and a him on Shkina. Shkina left him. First of all, if you look at it, what did he do after? He gives the brachas to his sons, and each one is to point. Each one is on point, and each one tells them, and is exact. It's all nevuah, every bracha. So how can you tell me? It's cancer in kids. It's the explanation Shechina refers to the resting Shechina and Mislabeshes the Shechina is Mamshech godliness and the Kusi is Baruch into the world so Yaakov because the God the vanov. of Yaakov wanted to reveal the Ketz the end of the days when Mashiach would come and wanted to bring down the Shvatim at that time and explain to them what's going to happen but it all went away from him. The concept of the Hashkin to bring down to be to Gileakhet to the Darga to the level of the Shvatim, left him. It wasn't something that was lacking by Yaakov himself, not something that went away from the holiness of Yaakov himself, and therefore he was still able to continue the prophecies and blessing the rest of the sons. more so the cats were still in revelations by Yaakov but he could not give it to the sons he could not show it to them and reveal it to them the way it was meant to be now so again when the him he was called home Nunvav Amaralov tells us that he wanted to reveal the end of the days. We have to understand what was he trying to achieve. So, Vard. Yaakov understood he knew of God's name God has many names and when Moshe later asks HaKadosh Barucham they're going to ask him what, who told you this and I have to say you told me, what should I say your name is the name she gives him the name of Aleph K. Yudke Aleph K. Yudke is Gematria 21 Yaakov in Nunu, the was sold by nine brothers. Since there were nine brothers involved in the sale, So Baruch name, which was the numerical value of 21, nine times 21 is 189. Yaakov understood in the 190th year, would be the redemption. They would only have to be for 189 years. Bikesh Yaakov, the Gullus, as Kates Kets is Gematria 190, Kuf Tzadik. So therefore, Bikesh Yaakov, the Gullus, HaKets, he wanted to tell them, in a, at the end of 190 years, the Gullus will be over. Yaakov was unaware of something. Yisuf was sold by nine brothers. But that sale could not take place with only nine people. He needed ten. And we spoke already about this. That if they were mitzahar of the women, they added shkina into the equation. They said, you're the tenth one for the sale. Nistalken Yaakov was unaware of the Shekhinah's involvement here, and thereby being 10, and thereby being 10, it's Gematri Ridu. Ridu, which is 210, because it's 10 times the 21. And that's ultimately the. Time I'm going to break for a second I need to enter another battery in the recorder